What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Level With You show. My name is Wiley Olmstead, and this week I am joined by the content kamikaze, Kenny Castro. What's up? What's up, everybody? How's it going? How's it going? The 600 hours of Rocket League man, Tyler Hadley. Dang, look at all these new... Mm. Mm. <laughs> Time for a refresh. And if you did not know, this is a weekly video game podcast where we all get together and talk about video games. Our good Anthony Duart is not feeling so hot today. He will be back next week. And I don't know why this is, but I can't see any of you. <laughs> yeah. The, the watch stream and Discord's acting up, I believe. Okay, okay. But we are good to go otherwise. Yeah, we're good. Okay, so... Yeah. It is Tuesday. It is December 1st. We have made it to the final year of, or the final month of this tumultuous year, 2020, that seems to go on forever. Remember back in January when we were making our New Year's resolutions? We're going to be looking back at how those went in one of our upcoming episodes. Um, and let's see here. We are good to go. Excuse me, just having a little bit of technical difficulties, but keep it going. Just gonna I'll handle it. Go, just gonna keep it going. So we had Thanksgiving this past Thursday. How'd Thanksgiving go for you, Kenny? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Had my in-laws stop by and some good food. Um, made the turkey. The turkey came out awesome. You know, nice. Did my own brine at home. You know, left the put in the brine for twenty-four hours. I think I'm gonna shoot for a forty-eight hour brine of it next year. Nice. And what'd you what you brine it with? Oh man, the whole kitchen cabinet practically. Um, <laughs> so I did a little bit of research and I was like looking at different people, different brines online, and I was like, why do I gotta settle with one? Like, let me go with a combination of like two, three of these, you know? And that's what I did. Um, what I threw in there that I normally didn't see was cumin. I didn't see any cumin in any people's brines, and some cilantro. Nice. Um, so. And the oregano I used was some Dominican oregano, which has a more, it has a stronger aroma than some of the oregano you pick up in store. So for the brine, are you like um, boiling this brine, or you just let it oh. let it sit in there? So I, so what I did was, um, well, I boiled the brine without the turkey, right? Well, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So boiled it for a bit, um, brought it up so that it could kind of just come together, mm -hmm. and then cooled it down. Um, let it cool. Then I then I drop the turkey in it in it and I put it back and put it into the fridge afterward. Nice, glad it came out good. Uh, I did yeah. not prepare the turkey myself. I went over to my folks' house. We had a very small, socially distant uh, as best we could Thanksgiving. I convinced my mom to do the spatchcocking method, which, if you don't know, is when you take out the whole sort of backbone of the turkey and it makes okay. the cooking process a lot quicker. Uh, and in fact, it's only about ninety minutes. And well, I guess it depends on the size of the turkey. And it also gives it a little bit of a crispier skin. Mm. I don't I don't think that it was like a wow, this is so much better. It was definitely delicious. I kind of missed the presentation of the regular turkey. I think the spatchcock one looks a little eh, it's not quite as visually appealing. But <laughs> um it it was very good and all the sides were delicious. I made some stuffing, Elena made cranberry sauce. And we had uh, leftovers for days. I, I had some really good uh, Thanksgiving leftover recreations. I think my final one last night was the uh, turkey instant ramen noodle stir fry, which turned out pretty good. Uh, easily the best was the turkey noodle soup I made with rigatoni noodles. I went and had a really nice um, turkey and pork stock that I used from the bones and from a ham hock that I had in the freezer with some other herbs and peppercorns and cloves, and it was just really rich and delicious. Um, but I'm glad to be over it, getting some Indian food tonight. Just put that oh, nice. put that turkey day behind us. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? I saw you had the uh, big old 20-pounder. you got to be still working through that. All right. I was saying that I was at uh, Caitlin's house, 
her, her mom's house and she made a turkey and a ham. Um, what? Yeah, she had like tons of appetizers and things like that. So the funny story here is like we were scheduled to eat dinner around three o'clock. So we get there around like two and her mom's like just putting out like all of the appetizers. So she has like a huge like cheese plate board she's making like steamed shrimp and cocktail sauce um well oh shit sounds like she's used to cooking for 20 people yeah definitely because and she she has she's been in the catering business so kind of like where that's it from but i just like got to just like got to a point where it's over scheduled to eat half hour 45 minutes something like that so it's like we have all this stuff now like filling up on it so it's like you're kind of just kind of like put off a little bit and being like, like i don't want to eat all this right now because i know dinner's gonna be coming soon yeah well that's a uh good good problem to have i guess on thanksgiving yeah. too much food i hope that it didn't go to waste too much and that you've been snacking on it in the in the days since or at least that caitlin and her family has yeah uh and yeah then on saturday own uh, turkey that was good, uh, nice and moist. I, think I just kind of did a simple uh, garlic herb like butter that I coated it with. Poured in some apple cider. You didn't get under the skin and massage it under there. Oh, I did. I did that. Yep. Oh, you did. Nice. Yep. <laughs> that with the butter. Uh, shoved in some mandarin oranges, herbs inside nice. of it. Um, Came out really good, nice, moist, and and how many sandwiches worth do you have now? Um, I probably already had like <laughs> so so since Saturday, the I haven't pretty much haven't had anything to eat other than like leftovers. So I probably had like <laughs> four sandwiches since then. <laughs> Damn. Well, it's that time of year, and every time I eat it, I'm like, you know, I guess I understand why we do this once a year because we want to remember why stuffing and mashed potatoes and turkey and gravy and the combination of all these and whatever else your family does is you know it, it hits the nostalgia spot and um dude leftover leftover turkey sandwiches are probably like i could probably eat those every day the combination <laughs> of, of turkey and mayonnaise and cranberry sauce with a little bit of stuffing all in a sandwich like man, you could just, I could have that every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you got it with the with the main four ingredients. You got to have the turkey, the stuffing, and the cranberry sauce, and then whatever other you know moist addition you want to make it go down just right. Yeah, mm. I hear you there. I hear you there. Well, to be honest, my Thanksgiving was sort of besides the food, it was low tier as far as my overall enjoyment goes. I had some family drama stuff and some some other stuff that I won't talk about on the show. So I was I was pretty bummed. I was uh you know going into the evening said I'm just gonna play some video games, try to move on past this day. I know a lot of people are probably struggling a lot more than me, and just some petty family bullshit, some COVID worries, some some relatives being comfortable with other things that uh, others are it just kind of came to a head and also learned some other sort of sad news which again not a topic for the show but um played a few hours of assassin's creed valhalla that night and really got into it i think for the first time in a significant way where i was like okay gotta see what's next the story is getting really good and i'm finally wrapping my head around some of the systems that i had only sort of dabbled in before uh, especially uh, as far as the weapon upgrade systems, uh, they put a patch that makes it so your eagle actually can identify all the places in your settlement that you can buy. So you're not just running around in circles looking for the little signs. You know what I mean, Tyler? Yeah, so I don't know if you noticed, but it's made that part of the game. It seems like such a small quality of life thing, but now I just think it's a lot snappier and... I can wrap my head around upgrading uh, Ravensthorpe the way that it's it should be. Yours is probably pretty decked out at this point. You're like, what, power level 290 now? Yeah, I'm power level, yeah, like 290-ish. 
Um, I've still been running with like the Huntsman gear, um, mm -hmm. but I've like upgraded that to the the Mystic, not the Mystic, not not all that way. Yeah. Whatever's after like the the first of upgrade. It'll Another be... oh, the flawless. Yeah, yeah. I think I have like all flawless gear right now. Gotcha. You would think that flawless would be you know pretty near the top, but it's actually right around the middle. I have a couple of flawless items myself. I really I picked up a, a piece of gear that allows me to get health on parry and finally getting into the skill tree where I'm getting some really useful things. Uh, there's a, there's a power where you can parry incoming projectiles. Do you get that one? Um, one of the abilities is that what you're talking one about? One of the abilities, yeah. So it's, no, it's not an ability. It's just something that is added to your repertoire. Like you can just, you know use your shield to essentially chuck arrows back at people oh yeah i think i may have seen it but it may not have ever used it i thought you were referring to one of the abilities where you can like return a projectile like so there are some enemies i'm not sure if you've run into them yet that throw like spears or javelins at you if you hit Ooh. uh if you hit l1 right before it hits you you like do this animation you grab it and turn around and throw it right back at them that sounds pretty good as well. Yeah, I think that the combat really does start to open up. I wasn't using really any of the left side, or I guess the left trigger ranged abilities with any regularity. I just thought that the, uh, since they're, they're coming from the same stamina, stamina pool, I thought the right hand side ones were typically better. But one of them is essentially a get over here type move. Do you have that one? Is that the... Uh... Where you can like swing people around like with it the camera i don't know if i swing but... people around you just it's just got a lot of range i think you're using uh your flail and you're just pulling them towards you you just it's got pretty good range and you just pull them towards you it does good damage you can follow up with a few r1s mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure if i've i think i may know what you're talking about but i'm not exactly sure if it's the same thing gotcha well, uh, last week I was being more critical of it, and I still have the um, issues that I did before <laughs> with, you know, I don't think the music is as strong as in previous games, although I'm starting to see some some improvement with that. I think that the, what was my big thing last week? Oh, yeah, the, the raids. I think the raids are something that just need a little bit more time and effort uh, raise, uh, given it to make them feel exciting because they just feel monotonous and not up to the potential of, of what should have really been i feel a highlight but the the more i explore it and i think you, i'm probably around where you were last week I, the more i enjoy it i think that uh the story of avor and his recruitment and uh king making across england is so much better than than honestly probably the last two games, both of them, from the main story perspective. The other one, engaging side quest, this one is definitely, uh, I'm into Eivor as a character, some of the surrounding characters. feels like your decisions do have some weight to them. So mm -hmm. feeling a little a little higher on, on Valhalla this week than, than previously. Yeah. Have you... So I, I kind of want to talk about some of the, like the types of the, the mystery missions that you kind of run into sometimes. Sure. Um... So have you run you've run into like any of like the exotic animals that you can that you fight and can kill? Yeah, I've killed two of them. <clears throat> yeah, those, those, I think those are pretty cool. Um, or have you run into like any of the the animus anomalies that kind of like, yeah, throw I've... like the platforming like puzzle type of deal at you? Totally. Yeah, I've run into at least two of those, and those are a nice thing I think for longtime fans of the series because you get. Um, minor spoilers here. You, you get some sections where, you know, the fourth wall is broken inside of the um, setting of England. So you're playing as Layla, and there's these pretty wild platforming sequences. I think those have been really cool and given me a genuine sense of, um, you know, ooh, I'm so high up. I get the little bit of fear of heights thing going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. and then they have the. Um... The stones, the stone circles. You done any? Not of a fan of those. Yeah, those those kind of suck. I I actually like those ones. 
The ones that I hate though is the the stacking the stones like the mm-hmm. the I, I do not like those ones at all. Uh, that those ones are okay. I honestly the ones where you have to pick which door to walk through is that the one you said that you liked? No, so yeah. those are those are like the mushroom ones. So you oh, you, eat, you eat a mushroom okay. and then you go through the doors. Um, no, the the stone circle ones that I was talking about is uh, you activate your your vision with with R three in one of the stone circle areas, and then like certain pieces of them light up in blue, and each area has like a specific symbol that you have to you have to destroy. Like, not that you have to destroy, but you have to move around and move the camera in a way so oh, that you're making right. the symbol. Yeah, that's very reminiscent of some other puzzle games that I can't quite put my finger on. But yeah, you're trying to arrange the symbols with essentially rotating the third-person camera. There's a lot going on in the mysteries. And there's, you know, some of them are comical short side stories. Some of them, you know, Tyler doesn't like the, the rock stacking. I don't like the mushroom eating. So, you know... There's a lot of variety to be had, and I commend them for that. Uh, and and I do think it's neat that you kind of never know what you're going to get. So Kenny, you're still in Norway? No, no, no. I'm in I'm in I'm in um, England. Okay. You know? Um, I made my way. A lot. It was funny is that um, a lot of those mysteries I encountered in Norway because I I found everything in Norway. Um, so before even leaving, I already did the mushrooms. Um, I fought a big elk. I fought a a guy that wanted to die an honorable death, you know, which was a intense fight. Um, so I had a little bit of everything in my in my five hours exploring Norway, um, all the reaches of it. Bro, it definitely took you more than five hours to one hundred percent Norway. No, no, well. I didn't 100% it. It's, I think I forgot a couple things because at the end, when you start talking to him and the, and the guy, and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, follow you. Then you're going to leave with Sigurd. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, I'm just going to leave. And then I had like three dots left. And I'm like, I'll come back okay. at some point in time. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'm at the, I'm at the now in England doing the same thing, looking for every mystery, everything, every little thing, any glowing dot that I see on the map. Um, so it's a it's a nice little end of the night ty- type of thing for me, you know, because I get to just explore, kill things, and just roam around aimlessly. I think I pretty much when I got to England, I was able to build two two things right away. Uh, when I when I got the 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 camp settlement, nice. You already had some supplies, so you probably went yeah. with the blacksmith. I'm guessing. Um, honestly, I'm not even sure. I okay. did, yeah, I did blacksmith. Yep, yes, I did. And I'm um, one other one. What was the other one? Maybe the, hit, the hidden ones thing right next to it. I might have been, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm wondering if you even remember if you've pledged your allegiance to somebody yet, or like to no. a no. I haven't gotten to that part. No. Like so I game... said, I I got there, started raiding, and just going on supply runs and just killing things. So I haven't progressed the story, the main missions at all, like that. So we've been on Valhalla for a while now, and we've talked about it last week as well. But to be honest, it's mainly what Tyler and I have been playing. Kenny and Anthony have been deep into Yakuza, so we don't have too much new as far as things we've been playing. But just be be honest with the listeners, and these are these are eighty hour games, so you got to give us some some slack. We're not always talking about new stuff every single week, but um, the games are sort of non or the, Valhalla gives you an option when you're plotting your course, sort of in the war room, on which area you want to pursue next tyler i'm curious um when you were at my section of the game did you go to london first or the other one um i think i I think i probably i think i went to the other one i know all i know all i can remember it is that i kind of just go went went in line with kind of like the lowest power level working my way my way up so whichever ones had the higher power levels. These both had 90, so that's why I was sort of felt like uh, a toss-up. I think, I don't think I went to London first. No, I don't think it definitely didn't. <clears throat> gotcha. And then finally, I'm in a somewhat of a city in the game. Um, you play Origins or Odyssey, they have many cities that are 
much more hustly and bustly than than this, which I think is historically accurate. But it was nice to see multiple buildings and not just seem like a set of Game of Thrones or something like that. Um, anyway, I think we should move on from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm sure that Tyler and I will mention it at least in another week or two. And we'll have the DLC. It's a big old game, and we're, we're liking it pretty pretty well. Um, but moving on, uh, I have played quite a bit of Destiny 2 Beyond Light now. And uh, I guess you could fairly say I'm back in it. I'm really enjoying my time with it. I, you know, it's not catching, I'm not saying it's the best Destiny expansion ever, but the things that they're doing to make it so I can wrap my head around it, and a lot of this comes from the user interface, which is much improved. It's snappier. Uh, the quests are organized. So you got your exotic quests here. You got your current expansion quests here. You got your bounties over here, and it's just very clean. And you don't feel like looking through your menus like, I don't even know where to start, which is kind of how I felt towards the end of a few months ago when I really fell off. I think that uh, sunsetting the items, the power items, was it was a huge thing in the uh, Destiny community. I've always followed the Reddit. Uh, and what that means is any of the weapons that came out before Beyond Light are now capped at 1050 which means they're essentially not going to help you in the in this game besides in PvP modes. So that gave me permission to deposit everything, start fresh, start getting new exotics, new legendaries, and essentially just making it feel a little bit like a new game. And I still have them in the vault. I can still pull them out. I still have the collection. I still have my like 260-something legendary weapons gear and exotic armor and weapons so um i like the new strike i think that uh there's some fun stuff to do on the moon with uh eris who's a long time favorite character in the destiny universe the, the the horde type stuff that they just seamlessly implement into the open world levels uh never cease to impress me especially the, the public events uh the, the more sophisticated public events which are sort of the your weekly bounty on on the moon. Um, there's the EDZ, which is an area from the first game, the, which is you know going totally. I guess it's probably looks slightly better, but uh, I'm looking forward to exploring that more, just from Destiny One. And another th big thing they did is they took out four entire planets, and I think twelve strikes, and put them in the vault. And I didn't expect them to, but they actually justify this in the story and they're like the darkness has consumed four planets and we don't know why and you're like ah okay well i guess uh it's gonna stop this game from eventually being you know 300 gigabytes and taking up your whole hard drive and new players not knowing where the hell to start so i think oh. i think and gambit dude gambit is such a fun mode um they've they've made it so it's single round. It used to be like a 25, 30 minute thing. Now you're in and out in 10 minutes. Um, it's, a, it's a mode where you're, you're shooting sort of slightly more powerful than usual enemies. Once they die, you pick up their moats, bank them in your, um, I don't know, your, your banking center. And every time you do that, depending on how many you banked, you send a really big tough enemy to the other side and they're not able to deposit. Um, you can invade the other players' team, and you know this. This mode's been out for a while, but I don't even know if you guys have ever uh, played it. If you just started with Destiny Vanilla and just sort of fell off after that, I didn't play Gambit. No, no. What about you, Tyler? No, I never played Gambit. I was I was out of Destiny before that ever came around. Gotcha. Well, Destiny was one of our first ever gaming experiences together, Tyler. I remember back. I know. You and Alex in, in 2014 doing the strikes on on the moon and killing Fogoth. Oh yeah, I good times. I know you hearing uh, you guys talking about it now. It's making me want to get back into it. But now that you guys are playing on Xbox, now we can't play together anymore unless you come back to PlayStation. <laughs> well. I'll probably do that. It just totally depends on which I get first, the Series X or PS5, because 
I will say that I think that I am better at the game. And the only way that I'm saying this now is because I've had a dozen hours with it uh, in an Xbox controller, but I think I'm better with an Xbox controller. I really do. Um, I think that my aim is just a little bit improved. And I prefer the PlayStation controller for just about everything, but maybe the offset uh, joysticks are making me improve. But I, I think that the controller fits better for Destiny. And what else can I say? It's okay to admit, you know. You're not gonna melt. You're not gonna melt or anything. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, it's not perfect. The story is a little hokey at times. It's, it's, they're trying to make me not fall into the darkness. I have my new stasis power now, finally, which is you know apparently ice equals darkness in the Destiny verse. But they're they're very cool. So each uh, subclass now has a new well, I guess each class now has a new subclass and the, the stasis one so I'm a hunter my grenade it just it creates a whole wall of ice like May from Overwatch style super cool um, my super like freezes the hell out of a bunch of people does a bunch of damage and I can just shoot them and they fall apart like rocks what class and... are you are you rocking uh, I'm pretty much a, a hunter. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've been a Titan. I was a Titan in Destiny 1, made the switch to a hunter in Destiny 2. Still have my character Titan that I could play. I just never quite have the grind ability to go back and get another character up to, to full level. Okay. Um, so that's Destiny 2 Beyond Light. You guys been playing anything? I know. Why don't you give us a quick update on like a dragon kenny um quick update so i've gotten i am in the middle of chapter seven as of right now um it's ramped up it's stuff um you know i've unlocked the underground dungeon that i off stream decided to jump in just to check out and it was intense um I got through it, but it's ever it's ever changing. The more the the farther you go into the story, more enemies, more difficult enemies come up, more rare enemies. I even encountered an enemy that almost reminded me. Tyler, you you played Dragon Quest, right? Mm. And so did you, Wiley. So you guys remember the metal slime? Yes. yes. The, <laughs> that only took one damage every single time you hit it. So, and then sometimes you would just do a bunch of damage and you would get a ton of experience. Exactly. Like, you're like, holy crap. Like, I just crit them. I killed them. You know, I get all this damage, all this XP, right? So they have their own version of the Metal Slime. It's, a, it's like a caveman-looking um, homeless guy who gives <laughs> 70,000 70, experience points when you kill him. <laughs> but God. the problem is he only takes one hit of one hit. Or one one point of damage every single time you hit him, and then there's the chance that he could just run away at any point in time. Yep, right. Sounds exactly like the slime. Sounds like a metal yeah, exactly. slime. Hey, yep. Exactly. Like so, it's like the callback to the slime right there. And you know, remember that the that the whole main character is a huge Dragon Quest fan. That's what I took of it right away when I saw it. I'm like, okay, this is like a nice little callback to the metal slime. Uh, but I when I first the first time I beat it, I was like, holy crap. I just got I like I jumped up four levels from beating that just person <laughs> that one person and I was like holy shit I just went from twenty seven to thirty one um and it's and the mini games have ramped up I've found I I thought I found all the mini game spots and no I found the underground poker poker club that you go in through a public bath the back of a public bathroom stall there's a secret door that you go through that leads you underground to this poker ring. Um, of course, nice. I don't know. I don't know nothing about poker, so I lost my money right away, and I left <laughs> there. Um, so that that was that. Then you also find you find multiple underground gambling halls. Um, I found one by the river that I just stumbled upon. That one I found on stream actually, and it's been it's been super entertaining. The story just doesn't get tiring for me because. You're in the middle of trying to stop the the three different gangs in in the town in Ejincho from just going on a full blown war, and then you kind of just get the gist of like you thought it was three equal powers, 
at, at you know keeping each other at balance, but it's actually two major power major gang powers and the one mediator. So you thought that the third one was the, like this big power, but then you're like, oh crap, no. They hold power and information. Like they know everything that's going on in the city. So that's how they hold both the other gangs in check. Okay. So sort of the uh, Illuminati of yep. Tokyo. Of yep. So it's it's been very <laughs> interesting so far with that. Did a couple other things off stream. Um, I think I did because I wasn't trying to sit there and answer text, uh, test exams on stream. So I did all the certificate exams off stream. Um, certificate exams? What was yeah. that? So they give you, put you through a math test. Like if you got, you pay this money for a math test and it increases your intellect if you pass it. But if you get two wrong, wrong answers, if you, you can only get two wrong answers before you fail. If you get three, you fail. So you got multiple tests. So they even have one because of course, publisher Sega, um, they have two Sega proficiency tests, so they ask you different uh, different questions about Sega's, Sega's history, about Sonic, things like that. Um, it's very very fun and interesting. Some of the job, some of the some of the tests, like ones about sports, ones about music, um, nutrition. Does it um, say anything has... like no using your phone or anything? No, it doesn't. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, we're gonna fly through these. And there was a guy, so I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say I, I, I didn't cheese it. Just I did cheese it. <laughs> I cheesed the the certificate exams and ran through them. Um, exactly what I did with Persona. Like, exactly. right, I want all, all my, I want my stats to be as high as I can. <laughs> Show me the answers. <laughs> exactly the same thing I did for Persona as well. I'm like, oh, what month is it? What day? Uh, that's the answer for today. So well, the the you could just like ask the audience or whatever in Persona, and it would always be like eighty four percent to sixteen. So hmm. you didn't really ha they knew you were gonna oh, cheat you know somehow. What? I never did that part. I never asked the audience in Persona. Oh really? Maybe they yeah. don't. I can't remember how they phrase it, but it's something like it's see? yeah. It's to check the 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 Phantom Thieves network. You know, like to uh, check the network, and it'll tell you like the percentages and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, honestly, I, I, and I've been collecting a lot of, so I've already collected a lot of Persona 5 and 4 music, um, music in the game already, like, you know, so they got these, if you want to sit back in the, in the bar and listen to some classic music from different Sega, Sega published games, you could do that. And so I, it's, I've been having fun with it. A lot of things off stream that I feel like is time consuming, um, keeping the sub stories and the main story to the stream. And but just all the extra little stuff like mini games, things like that, doing it off stream. Nice. Certainly seems like a game you can get lost in, just sort of whether you want something intense and story focused or just silly and relaxed or sort of in depth from a analyst perspective. It's it's kind of all there. Oh yeah. I, honestly, I'm at the point where I think I just told Anthony that I won't hesitate to try and um 100% the game. And Dang. really get every achievement. That's how much I'm enjoying it. Wow. Game of the year? My it's personal it's... game of the year, yes. Um, and funny thing you mentioned that, because honestly, everything I see on social media, everybody, I will say people will be shocked if Hades doesn't take um, game of the year, from what I'm seeing. I think it's sort of become the safe pick. Um, yep. because it's the one that was the least... Uh, what's the word? Divisive. Yeah. Of course, you, Last of Us Part Two, one of the most divisive stories in gaming in recent memory. And what else we got? Doom Eternal. I think that that's sort of a dark horse. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know if people were as passionate about that as as they seem to be about Hades. Sort certainly an extremely well made game, and it's had a great multiplayer expansion. But I agree. I think I think Hades and The Last of Us Part Two are the front runners. And speaking of which, we got to talk about our first ever uh, live reacts that we got to do for the Game Awards. I think that'll be fun, and we could do some promotion around it and get some folks from the Discord to hop in. And I think it could be a good time. What what what, what a day of the week is it on? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, Let's see it, here. Uh, 10th for the 13th, something like that. One or two. It is the 10th, and that is a, a Thursday. Thursday. Yep. 
good to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That cool. Good. Um. So, Tyler, I know that you've been deep in Animal Creed New Valhalla, and I'm just wondering if there's anything else you've been playing. Uh, there really hasn't been. Um. Yeah, I've really sunk my teeth into Assassin's Creed. So. Yeah. I mean, like gotcha. I like I said, and... I'm at I'm at power level like 290. Um, I'm pretty sure I've only got like one more area to, to liberate or uh, to uh. So to you're pledge. you're way up north by now. Um, yeah, I think the last area I have is one of the northern areas. Um, cool. And I think I've done some of the other kind of like big uh. Arcs as well. Keep on telling you, Wiley, to get into get that seer in your village so that you can do that that quest line. Okay, I will. I only need one hundred more supplies. So next place I raid, I'm coming back unlocking the seer, just like yep. you're telling me to. I think it'll, I think it'll blow your mind because it blew my mind. Nice. Okay, so only thing other other thing that I've been playing is Blasphemous. I think I've cleared out a couple more areas. Stuck on a boss right now, but haven't tried it when it hasn't been one in the morning. So usually I'm a little better when I'm fresher. So I think that that continues to be really good. Great Castlevania, Metroidvania, or <laughs> Metroidvania, uh, Soulsborne inspired game. People should check it out. Blasphemous. Okay, so that brings us to the end of what we've been playing. Now we are brought to our topic of the show, which is related to theme parks, a place where we used to be able to go back in a magical time called pre-COVID. <laughs> and there is uh, one opening on February 4th in Osaka. Now, this story comes from CNN. We got our first look at the magical images. And I won't read the entire story, but I did copy and paste it. So Get ready to slap on your Mario Kart racing gear and toss Koopa Shells. The world's first Nintendo or Super Nintendo world is set to open inside Universal Studios Japan theme park on February 4th. Executive producer uh, Thomas Garethy of Universal Creative, the innovation and creative arm of Universal Studios, announced the opening during a press conference on Monday inside the park's newly revealed Bowser Castles. He says that the experience will be something you could find nowhere else in the world and includes attractions based on a series of games which first landed, you know, came out in the 1980s. We all know that. Um, so in addition to conventional rides, the entire Super Nintendo world will be an immersive game in which guests can compete against other players in the park. It will be the first ever Asobi play experience for our guests says Garrity, adding that visitors will be able to jump up and punch question blocks and collect virtual points. Guests can purchase power-up bands, a wristband that can be linked to a smartphone app, which they can use to store these virtual coins and keys. There's going to be a Bowser's Castle. There's going to be a Mario Kart ride. There's going to be an augmented reality section. There's going to be a Princess Peach's Castle, a Yoshi's Adventure. And then there's the pictures up on the website, which are pretty magical looking. What do you guys think of this? And when when are we going? I know. Can we do? Can we go, Dad? Can we go, Dad? Can we go, Dad? We can totally go. I would be absolutely up for making this trip just to experience Japan and have this be either the bookend or book start to an <laughs> awesome vacation. Honestly, I I have been dying to try and figure out a trip to Japan. Um. If you guys were serious about it, I'd be all down for it. You know? Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Once we get vaccinated, we're allowed to travel. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Once COVID is like, oh, COVID's under control, we can travel. I actually have my um passport applications upstairs. Um, I actually have to figure out if I have to apply for a new one or renew because I used to have one as a as a kid teenager. And I think it's every seven years or so. It's either seven or ten years you need I think to get it's a new ten one. years. Ten. So, yeah. So I got to get a new one. I think mine expired when I was fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. I think okay. mine. And you're eighteen now. Mine so. might expire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think yours has expired too, Tyler? Ten years seems like a short amount of time to. <laughs> um, long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 
Oh, you got to reapply if it's expired. Well, yeah, I know I got to reapply if it's expired, you know, but you there's a difference between renewing a, yeah, it's, a, it's and now rip up. You got to get a new You got to get a new picture so you can't be Yeah, you, know, you got to oh get a new God, picture. confusing the people at the very <laughs> serious men at the airports that stamp you. My passport um, picture is ridiculous. It ridiculously even, cute. It doesn't even look like me. I had like long like bushy hair that like went over my eyes and like <laughs> all around my ears and nice that's that sounds like a nice picture doesn't, Very... even, doesn't even look like me <laughs> they're wondering like where, I... where you're going <laughs> i got mine in 2014 right before my first trip abroad which was to nicaragua in january 2015 oh. two-week service learning trip with my college which was a great experience Okay. And where were we? We were talking about Super Nintendo Land yes. and what we think about the idea and are they going to pull it off? And when do we get one in Florida or California? Or do, do we <laughs> see that happening? Um, I think it'll take some time to come here. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, think they're sure. probably in any rush. We'll see how it goes for them. You know, it, it they're, those characters are as big as Disney characters are for us here in the U.S., so we'll see whether or not there's the interest, but in the, in the meantime, I think that the park looks awesome. Like It actually looks like screenshots from you know New Super Mario Bros. They really stuck with that art style. Um, one thing that I didn't mention in the article which really excited me about it was the park is a result of more than six years of work between Universal Creative and the Nintendo Creative Team, led by Shigeru Miyamoto, creator of Mario and representative director of Nintendo. So Miyamoto's behind this. It's something that he he created the original <laughs> Mario game, Zelda, Donkey Kong. He's past his game development days, probably doesn't want to do that for his entire life, and he's doing he's creating a theme park. So he's just you know, he's the Gandhi of video games. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I thought it would be fun, and I don't know if you guys had the time, and I know I sort of asked at a late moment to devise your dream video game theme park. But Tyler, you did say you had something in mind. Do you want to share with the audience? Uh, yeah. Um, my idea was to... Also, I might need to excuse myself for a minute because I just heard my doorbell ring. I'm not sure who it was. Uh, okay, well, but... I can go first then. Yeah, so we'll have Wiley right, go I'll first. be back. Okay. So, as everybody knows, I'm a big Soulsborne fan. And I think that combining sort of a renaissance fair type of vibe mixed with a more adult themed um, horror slash dark fantasy realm type of environment you could have a really neat experience i thought of a, a few ideas that you could have at such a theme park like there could be uh, a roller coaster through blight town which okay. blight Blight Town, if you have played the first Dark Souls, is a really infamous level that's very uh, vertical, lots of uh, very dark and pitfalls and poison darts flying at you and crazy fast enemies trying to get you out of nowhere. And it just sort of has this feeling of, of being very oppressive and sort of scary. And I think it's the perfect setting for a, uh, a themed roller coaster ride. So that that's my that's my idea for the Blight Town roller coaster. Okay. Okay. So there'd also be a straight up haunted house, uh, which would be Bloodborne themed. I was like, I was like, can I do all Dark Souls? No, I'll just make it all from software. And you know, this would have sections from the Nightmare Mensis, the Hunter's Nightmare, Yargle, the Unseen Village, all the classic locations, and you'd be able to, you know, you have to sign a waiver because it's gonna be scary as hell. Um, you have to be 18 or over because mm -hmm. we don't want to be getting sued. This would be the adults-only Bloodborne section of the park. Kids can hang out in the Dark Souls, far, the Firelink Shrine area, hang out at the Majula food court, you know, get some... But I uh... don't wanna. <laughs> well, you're just going to have to wait so you can join the hunt with us. <laughs> you're too young for the hunts. So you got to stick with your, your basic Dark Souls stuff anyway uh kenny did you think about this at all yes i did i did you did okay what you know, you got for me and i had a slight loophole that i'm exploiting 
Okay. Uh, can't be Kingdom Hearts. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not Kingdom Hearts. It's Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh. And I could tie back to Kingdom Hearts. Why? Because Kingdom Hearts has some Final Fantasy characters in it, Tyler. My loophole. Oh, it's not. It's not Kingdom Hearts World. It's. Uh, it's not a Kingdom Hearts World. It's Final the, Fantasy. There's gonna, be, there's gonna be a Kingdom Hearts ride. <laughs> exactly, and you know what ride that's gonna be? The gummy ship bumper cars. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, Although man. I, I hate bumper cars. I love bumper cars. Man, it just hurts. I, I think. It's, <laughs> I just got banged around as a kid. I was like, this sucks ass. Leave me alone. <laughs> I like bumper boats. You get a little splash. It's just you're nice and bouncy. Cars, that's like an archaic 1980s thing that just died for a reason. But anyway, could be cool with gummy ships. I was thinking, right, that some of the some of the rides can be, you know, we could have a Shiba, Shiba-themed ride. You know, say the rides can be kind of geared around the summons and the the popular summons and across the Final Fantasy series. So we'd have a ride where there's a lot of smoke and kind of like fake fire or pyrotechnics, and that will be the Ifrit ride. Um, ah, okay. I thought you were going to say the um, geez, where's Final Fantasy VII take place? Oh, um. Where's Anthony when we need Midgar? Him? Is that what it is? Midgar, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. It started just giving me Midgar vibes. No. Uh so yeah, so that I was thinking like that where like the rides would be themed around summons. Um and you would kind of have different parts of the park named after some of the um famous locales in Final Fantasy game. Like there would be a Spira one on Midgar. Um the one for Final Fantasy VIII, I forget the name. But you guys, you yeah. guys get it. You have horse carriages dressed up as chocobos. Chocobos, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have, you gotta be able to ride a chocobo, or else. Yeah. So I even open the park. Exactly. So imagine that's that would be my my thing, and that's how we get away with slipping in some some Kingdom Hearts, Tyler. Final Fantasy being part. I, I think that that's that's something that could actually happen. Like, you know, there's not going to be a Dark Souls one. It, 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 I doubt <laughs> it. Unless it's like a fan-made, really passionate thing with like a $100,000 or million-dollar Kickstarter. I don't see that getting off the ground. But like, I see somebody at Square Enix being like, you know, maybe Nintendo's got uh, got their eye on the ball here. Let's get into theme parks. Yep. Uh, well, that's and cool. if anybody's going to do it, Square Enix would. Yeah, that after... Uh, they invested all that money in Avengers. They're like, time to backtrack and do something completely different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, what about you, Tyler? Give us your pick for your theme park. Uh, so, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was either, I mean, if you wanted to go kind of like big picture, you could definitely go, you could definitely say Sony and just like throw in a bunch of different Sony games in there. Um, but I was really more so thinking, and I think I mentioned it last week on the show, or maybe the week before, when I was talking about Astrobot, mm. and Astrobot being kind of like the new Sony mascot. Um, I think, I mean, you you go in and you play like the new Astrobot on PS5. Uh, the game in itself almost feels kind of like a theme park. You're going into like all these different worlds, and you have all these different activities and sceneries and things like that like just within like the astrobot universe um i think it would make for a a great theme for it because it's all very colorful and there's areas where you're on a beach there's areas where you're underwater uh areas where you're in space uh things like that i think it really lends to a bunch of variety of rides that you can uh put out there Food. Going from really one about, PlayStation, but... <laughs> one PS5 packing game to a theme park. Yep. I know they had, they had a PS, they had a PS4 VR game, and I think that would be super cool at like something like a PlayStation experience. Um, you know, just throw up some Astrobot theme stuff around, and maybe have some rides. But yeah, that's dope. And I w- really wish I could play that game. Sounds so cool. Fun one. Yeah, does sound fun. Does sound fun. Okay, well, you know, 
we didn't get any questions from the audience this week, which, you know, it happens. It happens. Sometimes people are busy. They're doing the Thanksgivings. They don't feel like responding in the Discord. That's okay. Busy week. But if you want to ask a question for next week's show, you can do so not only in the Discord, but in the comments section of the YouTube video, or you can find some other way to reach out to us if you know us personally. But uh, if you guys don't have anything else, we can move on with our lives, conclude the show, and see everybody next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Right. I'll check you guys out. Bye. All right. Peace. Bye.